actually got a bulb out, so uh, we'll just have to uh, wing it with that. All right. <clears throat> uh, if you have your Bibles or you have your um, devices, I can't say look up here because it's not there. <laughs> you just have to see, bring your Bibles. Um, I've kind of made a little, I don't really like New Year's resolutions, but I'm going to bring my... Uh, I'm going to start bringing my Bible back to church. This is an old, 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 old book. But um, some of uh, my old uh, habits of highlighting everything, I've got so many pages in here with the highlighter. I don't know who invented that, but God bless them. It's a great thing. And uh, I just want to start bringing that back. Because <coughs> if I had my phone, I told uh, Pastor Phil that, I said people would think I would be reading the emails or or playing solitaire during church. I actually am on my Bible app, so I'm going to get back to the book, amen? Praise God. Genesis 22, start with verses 13 and 14. <clears throat> I do have a little bit of something in my throat, so don't let that fool you. I've been tested, and I'm a negative person. <laughs> I'm positively negative. Genesis 22, uh, verses 13 and 14, and Abraham lifted up his eyes. He looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his thorns. And Abram went, took the ram, offered it up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Verse 14, Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh. And it is to said to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. Aren't you glad the Lord sees? And before I'm done with this lesson about God wants our all, is what's good about that is God sees us, but yet so does other people. And we have to remember that that we want the Lord's blessings to be seen. Not that it lifts us up, but it's a testimony of what God can do. Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verses 17 through 19, by faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, 
And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, counting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Praise God. God wants our all. Lord bless you. You may be seated. I'm going to share with you a story. That sounds better. Thank you. Maybe it's me. I have uh, seen or heard about this father and son duo, and um, it's an amazing thing what fathers do. Oh, that's nice. Okay, good. That's a nice thing. God wants our all. You can turn around and look at that. That's great. This father and son duo, in our, our recent history, they've run marathons together. Uh, they've run and cycled, and they've swam triathlons together. They have even trekked 3,770 miles across America together, father and son team. Uh, <clears throat> before I continue, uh, Brother Pearl was to be up here. And this lesson in your book is not what this lesson is. This is next week's lesson, which is when I was supposed to to speak. So you're getting next week's this week. And you're getting today's next week. (laughs) Only because of this Omicron. I don't even know they... I won't get into the politics and stuff, but it's it's too bad that they in, introduce politics in a lot of stuff, and it's too bad that um, they have to do the best that they can to force us to do things that we don't want to do. But anyway, <coughs> that's a whole nother uh, lesson. Back to the father and son duo. Father's name is Dick. The son's name is Rick. Together, they form the team Hoyt. Without his dad, Rick could not compete. Without his son, Dick would not compete. When Rick was born, his proud new parents realized he would face challenges for most of his peers would not face. A tragedy at his birth stole away his opportunity to walk and talk. You see, Rick was born with cerebral palsy. So the Hoyts took their baby boy to Children's Hospital in Boston every week. The doctor encouraged them to help Rick live as a normal life as possible, so Dick and Judy Hoyt faced a difficult decision. They chose to enroll Rick in public school. They furnished him with a wheelchair and a computer that transcribed what Rick was thinking. Before long, they realized how intelligent their son was, and before long, they also learned how compassionate he was. One of Rick's lacrosse team classmates had suffered a paralyzing injury. Rick empathized with his dad and asked his dad if they could run in a five-mile benefit race together. Dick had been retired from the Air National Guard. He was 36 years old. It had been a few years since he had run five miles at one time, but he agreed. After their first race, Rick told his dad, Dad, when I'm running, it feels like I'm not handicapped. 
After that first race, Dick began running every day with a bag of cement in the wheelchair because Rick was at school. As of March 2016, Team Hoyt had competed in 1,130 endurance events. How many's ever heard of this, this father-son duo? Including 72 marathons, six Ironman triathlons. When they swam, Dad used a rope attached to his son's body to pull Rick sitting in the boat. I remember that, seeing that. Unbelievable. When they cycled, Rick rode on the front of a specially designed tandem bike. When they ran, Dick pushed Rick in the wheelchair together. They are Team Hoyt, and they are one of the most famous father-son duos in our time. Dick Hoyt sacrificed much of his life for his son to feel like he was not handicapped. And it would have been unthinkably difficult if Dick had lost his son during that time. As difficult as that would have been, now think of another famous father and son duo. Think of Abraham and Isaac. Think how Abraham must have felt when God spoke to him to give Isaac back to God. And you know what? We don't really think of what Isaac was thinking, do we? The scripture says that he was a young lad. And Abraham was 100 years old when that boy was born. So he's 100 plus here. But I'm glad to know that he went through it and God was a, is a God of promise. Jehovah Jireh. It shall be seen. The root word from this means to see, but when you combine it together, it translates in that God provides. Some people, they don't want, they think that God doesn't see them. So when they're in their midst of their sin or whatever they're doing, and, and sin likes to realm around in the darkness, so as dark as it can get, but they think that all because it's dark, God can't see. I'm glad God sees, aren't you? I'm glad God sees. So what God provided was a sacrifice for Abraham when he saw his obedience to the call. He could have just asked him to do something a little, you know, less strenuous on him, but he didn't. So what does that have to do with me, Raj? Well, we go through things, and, and God doesn't ask you to offer up your children on an altar somewhere. But somehow, things that we accumulate in our lives um, and things that mean so much to us, we don't want that to get in the way of us and God's relationship. And if that's one thing that we need to do, and that's one thing that I have set my sights on this year as a goal, not just to bring the Bible back to church and dust it all off and, and start working with it again, but anything that separates me, anything that gets in the way as a hindrance to building the relationship with God, I want to be sure that I could get that done this year because I don't want to face this year without him. Oh, come on, Rods, you've been born and raised in the church. You know all about that stuff. Yeah, 
I do, and I know what it's like when he's not around, and I know what it's like when I don't invite him in, and I know what it's like when I do not obey. It's not a good thing. We try to struggle along, and I think that's what a lot of people are fighting their battle is. It's kind of a half Christian. You know what I mean? Kind of a sit on the fence. Oh, I can still do what I want to do, but then I can still go to church when the doors are open and feel a little touch and everything's going to be all right. Well, you know what? This world's a mess. Our country's a mess. Things are, things are happening so fast. And um, I just don't want to get involved without God involved. Amen? So this is the question then when we're talking about God that provides or God that sees. What must God see so that he might provide for you when you are caught in the trial of life? He needs to see the same things that he saw in Abraham. He needs to see faith. Amen? It's found in these words from the passage. Here's what Abraham did. He rose up. He saddled up. He took up. He split up. He arose and he went. Abraham did not delay his obedience. Sometimes we like to do that. Wait a minute, God. Just hold on a second. I'm not sure that's, I did, I'm not sure I heard that right. Or can I just wait to the next service so that maybe it'll be a little different? Maybe the, the message might not be so severe uh, uh, to intrude on my life and disturb my comfort zone. If that's a prayer that, that I want to raise up in my life and say, Lord, make me uncomfortable. He didn't delay in his obedience. He did what God asked him to do, even though he didn't know how God was going to work it out. He did not delay. He asked uh, of what God asked him to do, even though he did not know how God was going to work it out. How many has ever been there? I understand we're not crawling up Mount Moriah. I understand all of that. But it's all it's different with us. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's 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 uh, has something to do with with your health. Maybe it has something to do with your family. Maybe it has something to do with your children or or your parents or something like that. Maybe it's just something simple. But yet it means a whole lot to us, doesn't it? If we continue to obey God and continue to believe God and continue to have faith, even though we don't know how He's going to work it out, oh, Lord, I just don't know how. But I'm willing. I think that's a word that's important today. Are you willing? Huh. Delayed, disobe delayed obedience is disobedience, isn't it? Partial obedience is complete disobedience. Come on, Lord. What if I just kind of halfway go up there? Can't you just see that I'm attempting it? What if, and and if I could go back a little back back into the seventies when I was a teenager in in Columbus, um, and I I didn't have the Holy Ghost, I knew I needed the Holy Ghost, and in order to appease my girlfriend, you guys heard this before, I know. Rod would go down to the altar and you know 
act it. You know what I'm talking about. God doesn't want that. That's that's fraud. But when you realize that you give him your all and you give him your whole heart, that's when things start working. So partially, come on, can't you give me credit for going to church? Yeah, but it's not there all the way. Can't you give me credit for standing and clapping my hands when I sing or when the, the music goes on? Yeah, that's not really worship. But, yeah, we'll give you credit for that. But that's not really what God wants. He doesn't want halfway. He wants the whole thing. Huh. So partial disobedience or partial obedience is the same as disobedience. In other words, if Abraham had only gone halfway on the trip, he would not have finished his journey. And he would have never experienced to know God provides Jehovah Jireh. Oh, can't I just listen to somebody's testimony so I don't have to go through all of this stuff? Can't I just listen to somebody that says God's a healer without going through the pains or going through the discomfort or going through that kind of stuff? No, because when it happens to you, it's even more impactful. Because I experience that God sees and God provides. I experience that God calls me and God wants me to do something. And when I obey and when I do it, um, it, it, it impacts my life even more. It builds my faith up. I, I can only go so far in my faith when I listen to what your testimony is of what God's done in your life. But when I put it to my test, when God calls me to do something, when I step out and when I believe God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but it's going to get done. And, brother, we're, we're, we're the same thing. We don't make these phone calls, but I think this will work for you. We don't normally do this, but you know what? I know whose hand was involved in it. I know who and how it's going to work out because I still keep trusting in God. And all he really wants is if you're willing or not. So this year I want it to be different. I want to improve my relationship. Amen. I'm kind of fed up with flattening curves. When, I try, when we try to win and every day the rules and the goalposts are moved. Who wants to play that game? And I don't really want to sound belittling or anything like that, but um, I, I, I do know that this COVID's real. I do know this stuff's going on, but what makes me uh, upset is the political part of it. So I want to do what God wants, amen, which means I have to listen which means I have to pray and I have to fast more. Because believe it or not, we are the sacrifice. Yeah, we're looking at a story about Abraham and Isaac. And we're understanding and studying and looking into Isaac being the sacrifice. But you know what? We're the sacrifice. The world can do its thing. And you know what? I'm not going to worry about it anymore. I just won't, don't want to go into this next year trying to do things without God. So the key word today is sacrifice. And the other key word is a willing sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, Paul says in Romans, which is a reasonable service. Let's go down to uh, chapter 22 again. We're going to go through the whole uh, story the uh, the whole account here. 
when I was in Jer in Jerusalem uh, in 2016, we went over to Israel, and I I, I pray I want to get back there again. It's such a beautiful experience. And when we went with our um, our tour guide, Avi, Avi was 72 years old, and he ran circles around us. Guy's amazing. Took us to the Wailing Wall and down in the tunnels underneath. The, when you look at a picture of the Wailing Wall, that's just like half of it. The other half is underground. I mean, they're huge. Some of the stones are as big as these sections here. They're sizes of school bus. I have no idea how that they got them in there and built up, but it was built. So when you go down into this, uh, the tunnels, they're called, um, the Temple uh, Temple Mount Tunnels, um, there's a section there that you we all gathered around and how he explained what went on and how it's amazing that God called Abraham and he told him to get up and to go someplace and to, you know, to go around and he said, I'll tell you and I'll show you where you want, where I want you to be. And it was a three days journey. And how this, he ended up on Mount Moriah and I, we know, and it maybe doesn't need to be said, that that wasn't a mistake. It wasn't a mistake that David offered, uh, that purchased that threshing floor uh, when he numbered the people, and it was turned into uh, what was known as the Temple Mount. So that's a, that's a valuable, it's probably one of the most valuable pieces of property in the world. Why? It's because there's so much attached to it. So what's that got to do with me today, Raj? It's the same thing. Yeah, this isn't Jerusalem. It's not the Temple Mount, but it's his church. This is how I feel when I come in here and I drive into this parking lot. Even though there's a little bit of us here, it's a still a precious place. It's still God's property. We are still God's children. So when I come through and I get out of my car and I come through to this place, this is a holy place. And whatever I need, I will find at an altar in here when I decide to sacrifice myself on the altar again. It can happen every day. It can happen every month or every week. Whenever God calls us to do something, I'm going to find the answer on an altar somewhere. I'm going to put myself on that altar and offer it up and say, Lord, it's whatever you want. Verse 1 of chapter 22, and it came to pass after these things, God did tempt. That word there is translated test. Doesn't mean that God tempts us with things. He'll test us with things. Amen. Everybody understood that? Abraham, and he said unto him, Abraham, he said, I'm here. Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah. Offer him therefore a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. There wasn't a fight. There wasn't a discussion. There wasn't a, well, maybe next week can we talk about this? I'm busy. I've got a lot of work to do, and they want me to work overtime, so I really don't have time to talk with you, Lord. I've got this to do, I've got that to do. Maybe I can cut out something in the in the middle of the day or maybe I can give you a little bit more extra time in the morning. Maybe I can give you a little bit more, uh, you know, I'll try to cut something out of, of, of my evening schedule so I can come and talk to you. God doesn't want that. 
we put him number one, he's number one. If he wants to talk to you or if you've got something to talk to him about, you need to take the time out. You need to sacrifice something. You know what I chose years ago? I used to join a gym for 10 bucks. Man, I was in good shape. I know I look good, but I was in better shape. <laughs> Feeling good, going to the gym in the morning, you know. Oh, man, this is a good day. But you know what I lacked? I lacked my relationship with him the way it's supposed to be. So what did I do? I choose to throw the gym away. I want to spend that hour not at the gym. I want to spend that hour in my rocking chair in him. My cup of coffee, my Bible, and the music going, and the worship happening. So what? I sacrificed the gym? Yeah. That's not a problem. It doesn't really mean that much. What what really means is my relationship with him, and I need to improve on that this coming into this year because I'm going to need to better my game. I'm going to need to improve my serve. I'm going to need to be better than what I am now. There wasn't a fight. There wasn't a question about it. Come on, God, really? You're going to ask me to take what you promised me? And I waited 25 years for this boy, and you want me to go and offer him. There wasn't any kind of a discussion. There wasn't any kind of phone calls to somebody else to say, what do you think I should do? You can't really do that because it's you and him's relationship. It's not a group discussion to say, Raj, I want you to do this, but I want you to gather all the church board members together and to find out what the reason is and, and, you know, why, what you should do about it. It's you and his relationship. Or he did not ignore. And sometimes that's what we're good at. Turn the music up a little louder. Turn this up a little louder. Add this to my schedule. So if I don't think about God, I don't really have to improve my relationship with God. I don't think about church I don't have to worry about attending church. I just don't think about it. And this day and age we live, the high-tech stuff that we have now, you can easily overwhelm your thinking with other stuff so that you don't give God a chance to think about you, even though he's still waiting. Raj, got something for you to do. <laughs> Wasn't a thought. Wasn't a question, wasn't a fight, it was ignore. So sometimes this COVID stuff that we go through has turned some of us into casual Christians. Ooh. And I'm not talking about the pandemic, so I think sometimes the real pandemic is people learn to be comfortable without going to church. That's what I don't like. I gotta be with him. Gotta be with him. Gotta gather together. Gotta worship the Lord together. I don't wanna ignore. I don't want to feel so comfortable in my spirit that I don't want that God can't move me. Even when I hear news reports, even when I see uh, things on the paper, one one of the buildings that I walk through, building in, I'll look. They have the newspapers 
uh, by the mailboxes all the time, and I'm checking the building out, checking the elevators, doing all this stuff. So I'll stop, and I'll pick the newspaper up and see what the headlines are. Nah, I don't think about that one. Nah, I ain't worry about that one. Even when I hear and I see and I read, I don't ever want that not to affect me spiritually. Ah, it's not my problem. I want... I want to be so involved in the church this year that um, God's going to do whatever uh, he can do with the church if we allow him to. And the world's going to do whatever the world wants to do. So the only thing that we can better ourselves is is better our serve and better our relationship. Amen. So Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled his ass, and he took two of his young men with him, two more. And Isaac, his son, so there's four of them on this trip. And he claved the wood for the burnt offering, and he rose up. He went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, this is a long journey from where he was, and Abraham lifted up his eyes, and he saw the place afar off. Abram said to his young men, abide here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship. This is the first mention of the word worship in the Bible, which translates to bow down, to make obeisance, and to show reverence to. He said, we're going to worship, and we're going to come back. So that's the word we're going to look at today. It's a worship. When you come to this church, when you get into the presence of God, it's a worship. I want to throw all of my thinking aside. I want to put all the stuff that seems to bother me that I want to put it, and I want to take the time out to worship you, Lord, in spirit and in truth. Because you've done so much for me. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it upon Isaac, his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they both went together. This knife that Abraham has, it means business. So when you come to church, you need to have a spiritual knife out to say whatever Raj is going to uh, separate, uh, uh, get in the way of, of, of God's relationship, I want to take it and I want to kill it. I want to slay my own agenda. I want to slay my own stuff that keeps me from bettering myself with God on an altar. So when I come to worship, I'm going to bring a knife. I'm not going to bring something soft and something simple because I mean business. I don't want to come back and say, well, I've still got this thing that bothers me. I've still got this sin that separates me from God. i still got this issue that I'm wrestling with. It's time to get to church. It's time to come to worship. And it's time to draw out my knife and say, I mean business today because I've come to worship. My sacrifice isn't going to go anywhere. It's not going to get up off the altar because I've come to worship. That's why he deserves my best. He deserves my best. Come on, Roger, you're getting a little crazy. He deserves my best when I sing. He deserves my best when I clap my hands. He deserves my best when I stand and raise my hands to worship him. Where is it that I'm not even going to raise my hands in the presence of God? What's wrong with people that won't come in and just sit there? I, I just can't understand. He deserves my best. 
because he's done so much. Huh. Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father. He said, my father. And he said, here am I, son. He said, behold, here's the fire, here's the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? In other words, where's the sacrifice, daddy? This boy knew what was going on. How many times did he ask him that? I don't know. What would he think Isaac was thinking of? What am I getting myself into here? Dad, have you lost your mind? What do you mean you're going to sacrifice going to the gym? Are you crazy? You need to stay in shape. You need to get in shape. You know, I'm going to sacrifice stuff. And I, I'm, please forgive me for such a, a, a little uh, uh, experience and an incident and, and uh, example of, but it's just something. And it just doesn't have to be something like the gym. It can be anything. You can sacrifice a praise. You can sacrifice things to God that's even as simple as, I'm not going to drink Coke anymore. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to do that. It doesn't matter. Something that you have that you sacrifice to God for means so much. And every time you come through those doors to this altar, it's on the altar and it's a thanks. And God sees your sacrifice. Verse 8, Abram said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they both went of them together. Verse 9, they came to this place which God had told him of. Abraham built an altar, still no lamb. Let's say still no lamb. He built an altar, still no lamb. He laid the wood on the altar in order, still no lamb. And he bound Isaac, his son, Still no lamb. And he laid Isaac upon the altar on the wood. Still no lamb. Sometimes we want God to answer right away. Sometimes we think and we look at ourselves and say, God, no, I deserve an answer right away. But you know what? You have to climb up on that altar. You have to pull the knife out and you still have to wait on God to answer. All he's looking for is obedience. Keep believing, my friends. Sometimes it takes a while, but God is not slack concerning his promises. Aren't you glad of that? Abraham stretched forth his hand, took the knife to slay his son. The angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven. He said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thy anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abram lifted up his eyes. He looked and beheld behind him a ram caught the thicket by his thorns. Abraham went, took the ram, and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. How many know that God's in control? How many believe that God's still in control? I can read the newspaper and I can still say, God, you're in control. I can hear the news report over the radio and I can say, God, you're still in control. I can face a lot of things, a lot of issues in my life, but you know what? God's still in control. And he sees and he knows and he'll provide. Do you know that God works in such a way that 
as you're going up the hill to be obedient to what God calls you for, as you're ready to offer what means so much to you, he's got something going up the other side of the mountain that you and I don't see, we don't know about, but what God's in control and God knows. How many times has that happened to you in your life? Ah, We've just got to stay faithful to him, amen? Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. It's to this day in the Mount of God, you're going to see and you're going to provide things so that other people can see, hey, what's wrong with those apostolics? They seem to let nothing bother them. I don't understand. They're not worried. There's no fear. They're not walking in fear every day. Why? Because they know that God is in control. There's a song that Larnell Harris sings. It's called, When Praise Demands a Sacrifice. Talks about the call to go to Mount Moriah. Comes to Abraham, and instead of offering a lamb, it's going to be his son. We didn't really get into how Isaac reacted, but you know what? It's hard. It's a hard thing to do. When you have your son... It's hard when we had our young kids to try to give them cough syrup. It was a battle. They didn't want that in their mouth. Can you imagine tying your son up? Can you imagine still in the back of your mind, I'm doing what God wants me to do. But when we have, when we offer, and we have a dedication service as some today, we offer them up. We still offer them up and say, Lord, they're your kids. What did Abraham do? Did he, did he talk his son into it? Did he say, son, you've got to obey me and get up on that altar? Or did he wrestle him down? Did he pile on top of him and tie him all up? This man's over 100 years old, and he's trying to chase down a teenager on a mountain? Are you kidding me? It's hard sometimes for us to gather our sacrifice together. It's a big deal. It's a really big deal. But you know what? God is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He knows what's going on. He sees what's happening to us. He bound his only son, the song says. When the knife was raised, a sacrifice became the price of praise. When praise demands a sacrifice, I worship even then, surrendering the dearest things in life. If devotion costs me all, he will find me faithful to his call. Why? Because praise demands a sacrifice. The bridge says this, God hears the words of praise that we lift, yet I have found he's honored more by what I'm willing to lay down than the little praise. Lord, I'll show you. I'll show you by my praise. I'll show you by my sacrifice. Rod, you talking about knifing things and putting, no, I'm talking about just giving God more time this year. No, I'm talking about slicing out your schedule and say, Lord, it's prayer time. Lord, it's Bible time. Lord, it's devotion time. It'll get better. It'll get better. This is why we worship in such a meaningful way, why God seeks true worshipers to worship him. 
The more I give on my altar, the closer I get to the throne. Stand with me. The more like Jesus I'll become. The more he asks, the more I'm willing to be obedient, and the more that my faith increases. I'm going to leave you with this before we sing our song, Romans 4, 20, 21. He staggered Abraham, staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded of what he had promised, he was able to also perform it. It's a lot when you come to church. It's a sacrifice of praise. Are you ready to sacrifice today? Let's sing it.
Hallelujah. 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 You know, people don't realize, but you will worship something. As a matter of fact, you are worshiping something. What you spend most of your time doing is what you're worshiping. I want to worship him, don't you? You remember when you rode the devil's boat and you worshiped his stuff? It's a, it's a finger in his eye when you come into here and you worship God. Nah, 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 nah. I'm worshiping the Lord. You used to have me, but you don't anymore. I used to row your boat, but I don't anymore. I used to dance for you, but I don't anymore. I used to spend a lot of time doing what you wanted to do, but I'm doing stuff that God wants me to do. So it's in your face, devil. That's what I want to do today. That's what I want to do this year. I'm going to be a bother to the devil. <laughs> Lord bless you. Thank you for your attention, and I hope I help you.